This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Welcome to another episode of Boring is Bad for Business, the podcast. I'm Joel. And I'm Suji. For today's episode, we're doing things a little bit differently, like our previous episode where you sort of put me on the hot couch. Um, we're going to spin it up today and I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you just so one, I get a, a better understanding of, of who you are and then also for our audience to to really you know dive deep into who Suji Ford is. Yeah, so I guess let's let's jump into it. Let's get into it. I'm excited. So first question, who inspired you to build the career you have today? Uh, so much like you, I don't think there's one person that has inspired me. I think that for me, and I have the advantage of having a little bit of time up my sleeve mm. that you you just questioned the yeah, other day and I'm making more time. time I know. No, I think for me, create. I actually do remember being a kid and loving. Mum is a very organized person. And she's like, this is where you put your arts and crafts on this shelf down mm-hmm. below. And I was like, yes, that's my favorite shelf. Everything else that you're telling me about organizing my bedroom do not care what you're saying. Like that shelf there is, I absolutely love, like I get to, you know, those boxes that you open it up and it had like a hundred different pens, a hundred different pencils, probably only like 10, but as a kid, it felt like a lot. That was one of my favorite things to kind of play with. And funnily enough, for a really long time, I also wanted to be a hairdresser. There was something about going to the hairdresser with mum and watching people cut hair and like, change somebody or transform how somebody looked and that was kind of for a long time even during high school I like dabbled I was like oh maybe I could be a hairdresser that like seems like a really fun career but I was talked out of it the way that I chose to do so I actually started off as a designer like I think I've mentioned this to a few times but people today probably know me as a brand strategist I wasn't I was a bit of a like a went through high school had a lot of fun but wasn't very academic did do art and I did really well at art and such a joke amongst my friends like I did ridiculously well because the teacher really liked me Mm. it was probably not a lot of substance to what I was creating and so I just was followed followed that cue and was like I'll go and do that at uni again I was like that sort of person where it's like the expectation was to go to university I didn't really want to go but at the same time I also didn't want to go and get a full-time job so I was like that's going to be sort of the easiest way for me to keep my family happy I'm interested in art. I have a bit of fun there and it seems to come like roughly easy to me. I did actually enroll, first of all, in an arts, like a proper fine art degree, sat in a few lectures there and was like, this is so not for me. It's just very, very like, it's far on the art spectrum that I'm just not there. It's pretty, it's pretty dry. It's dry, but it's also so theoretical and so conceptual and like going back and looking at artists and like unpacking them and what do they stand for? I just couldn't really understand. I was like, what is the purpose? Why am, what am I going to do? Sit here and become an artist? I was like, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. So the next step from that was, um, I was like, okay, did a few months of that. And I was like, oh, not even like a few months. I think I just did that, you know, minimum time before you could change your course again and decided to do, yeah, computer, I think it was computer-based art, or maybe I did it at QT, like a graphic design kind of course. Obviously very memorable. Very memorable. I was like a very wishy-washy, didn't find my way through, like I was just, I was there for the lifestyle at uni. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was there for the social, and I was there because I had to. I wasn't because I was academic, it was still continued on. And did that for a little while. I think I bounced between QT and then I even did University of Sunshine Coast to really try and find out what I wanted to do. I was actually doing... Found at uni, studying a creative course was quite it didn't work because you're actually spending a lot of time writing assessments about design projects. So I don't know if you, this is for you as well. 
we would have a design task, but then we'd have to go and write a report on it. I was like, again, this is just seems so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather probably, I'm like now finding my passion and interest. It's actually the design side of things. So why can't we do that? And that's then again, I, I changed courses again and went into a, a pure graphic design um, college. And that's when things started to all fall into place for me. I was like, actually, this is what I'm really interested in. And I think it was the fact that it was a like I was really lucky the course that I went to and the college that I went to. They bought in this aspect of making things by hand, but then they also made it commercial. And that was like for me, that was like the sweet spot. I've always kind of obviously had this thing where love creating, but I love creating for a purpose. Um, yeah, for sure. And then that sort of just as you know, I took that as a study career. And the whole time I actually worked. So I, I, for some reason, when I was really young, I wanted to get a job at like the minimum age. So I wasn't like my dad had his own business. Mum was a stay at home mum, but there was no real, you know, push to go and have your own business or anything like that. I just really wanted to be, prove myself independent. So I was really probably a very frustrating child. Didn't do well at school. Mm -hmm. Didn't push myself at school, but also just wanted to prove to be independent. Probably very difficult. And um, so, yeah, I had these like all these different experiences, you know, from working at like a discount store. I think I did a short stint at McDonald's. I did um, working working for sales for a core hotels, worked in numerous retail positions all the way through while I was studying. And I guess what's been interesting about that is that all of those experiences have shaped me um, and, you know, and what I can even bring to the table today because I've seen so many different business models and worked inside the businesses. A, I can relate to how people st- – feel as employees but then i can also empathize with how a business owner runs and structures their yeah business. absolutely so much to unpack you've just unraveled on me and it's it's absolutely fantastic Is it terrifying no, it's really good <laughs> um yeah i found it very interesting the you know the the hairdressing you know idea and do you think that sort of comes back a little bit to to identity and and helping people you know change up who they are and maybe even rebrand their their image a little bit it could be or am i or am i scratching I think it was more like I was pretty young when I was going yep. along to hairdressing appointments with my mom. I'm imagining that I was lower primary at, mm-hmm. at the most. I think it was more that just watching people working with their hands yep. and um, yeah, creating something out of their hands and, and seeing it is a bit of that transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely a trade, definitely, you know, a, a craft to it. And I, I can see how that sort of relates to, to what we're doing today. And um, yeah, you, you touched on a little bit of that, that career where starting to jump into to design and, and being on the tools. Um, and obviously, you know, today you're in a lot more of a strategic place. So could you maybe tell us a little bit about your, your day-to-day responsibilities sort of in that strategic role? Yeah, I think I should also tell you how that actually happened. Yeah, so that's yeah, probably an important I was link. getting there next. You're getting yeah, there? Oh, yeah. sorry. No, you're right. I took control. Nope. Um, it's, a, it's the Suji podcast today, so... <laughs> Well, it does. I think it makes sense. It sets up where, um, you know, and then what I do day to day. So how that happened is I graduated um, from college, the design college that I went to in the GFC, which meant there were no jobs available whatsoever. Mm-hmm. First people they are going to get laid off uh, or not hired are junior designers. Mm-hmm. They're not necessary. I fucked around for a little bit, but was luckily enough, a friend connected me to a big comp- an international IT company. Their headquarters are in Germany. They're all across Australia. I can probably say it. There's nothing wrong with it. SAP Australia. Mm-hmm. And so I joined as an... We're not, we're not going to get a letter? Don't think so. I've only got good, I've only got good things to say. It was good, actually good. another one of those varied jobs that I had that exposed me to so much that I'm really grateful for. 
So I joined that as an admin um, receptionist role. And then just, again, because I think jobs, there wasn't a lot of money going around then. It was like, oh, great, you can do design. Why don't you join into our marketing team? So then once a week, I would dial into their, um, you know, national marketing call and be sitting, you know, there's the director of marketing that was for Asia Pacific or I think Australia and New Zealand on a call with them, all of the regional marketing managers and listening to what they were doing and helping them roll out their EDMs. Yeah, so Huge experience, yeah. amazing. And that really got me my foot in the door. And then I was doing that. It's a very corporate environment. I had, I think I mentioned, I was also studying like a business degree as well as my arts, you know, graphic design stuff when I was there. Being around other corporate people was great. And I was like, actually, I think I do miss part of that business degree in that marketing. So I worked there for about a year or so. And then I was like, yeah, look, I'm ready for something else. Like it probably wasn't super fulfilling. Like I was only remote in Brisbane working the marketing team. The reception job itself was what it was. And I decided I'd go back to uni and finish off that degree. Obviously needed to have some money again to support me through that pay for rent. And um, so I went out and I got my first agency job. So for my first agency job, I worked um, full-time and then study part-time on the side, finishing off this degree. It was very slow. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not too sure why I decided to do it that way. It's actually quite a hard you know, thing to do work full-time. And they were really big hours as well because I went into workaholic mode. And I think you just have a lot of energy at that age and oh, you yeah. improve yourself. And then, yeah, finish off this degree. But I guess by having that – and it was working as a creative in that agency. But having that exp- constant exposure to marketing and business meant I started to bring that into – um, what I was doing as a creative. And I think that then my position of like, even that was like the foundations becoming like a brand strategist because I was no longer just having conversations about the design and that aspect of a project, which is generally the, the end point of the project. I was then more able to have conversations about what's the business problem that we're trying to solve here. And again, all credit to my boss and the people that I was around, that I was surrounded with, um, that was really encouraged as well. And yeah, so, it seems like you're thrown really in the deep end quite early really in the deep end there was even conversations at one point me and another co-worker and you know like I think we're only like mid-20s and the boss was like this is your business you can run it as you want you can do what you want with that it sounds amazing but there was also a lot of responsibility on our shoulders but terrifying terrifying but so I guess our egos at that age were also like yes this is great it was a great incentive to keep working yeah for sure and then you know that's obviously the start of that transition from from design to to sort of strategic strategic work and you know, there's lots of different responsibilities in, in both of those jobs. So, you know, today where you're, you're sort of fully in that strategic place, yeah, back to my question, give us a look at what the, the day-to-day of Suji at the Good Studio is. Totally. So Suji at the Good Studio is two things, a brand strategist. That's what clients will come to me for. Mm-hmm. I think it's also really important to address that we're both business owners. So that entails being marketers, being financial people, which we're not great at um you know all the sides of running a business and a small business where you have to wear many hats but let's talk about the brand strategy so and you know initially it's all about once that client is onboarded i'll start from them i um host workshops so i like to say that as a brand strategist my main role is to define what the problem is and really get all of that information out that you know creates the basis for a really strong creative brief that ideas can come from So often clients will come to us and say, I need a website, I need a logo. Can you help me with that? And it's like, before we even can get to there, we need to be asking questions like, okay, well, why are you doing this right now? What's happening in your industry? Tell us about the landscape. Who do you want to be in five, 10 years? Mm -hmm. And unpack that and get those answers really solid 
so that we can then start to you know refine those creative ideas. So that's when, you know start with workshops, and then there's a lot of you know working with clients post that workshop. I'll then process some of those ideas. Copywriting. I was actually never a great writer or like anything in English, but I have always loved reading. And it's something in the last few years that I skill that I've had to really work on is copywriting. And I do like communicating through words. I guess it's just that that practice of putting it down on paper and in a structure. And again, that's become a surprising part of my my day to day now is doing a lot of writing. So after those workshops, you know, it's putting additional research in around the brand that we're creating or the business we're wanting to help grow. And then it's, you know, sometimes having fun with copy mm-hmm. and trying to put that into words first so that then before we actually resolve anything visually, it's all locked down in words and we have that shared understanding. Yeah, it's really cool. Like sort of, I guess, watching you start to stretch that that muscle a little bit with copy um, makes my job as a, as a designer a lot easier when I've got, you know, even some taglines and some messaging that's really, really strong, um, you know, founded in some, some great tone of voice. Um, so yeah, been really cool to watch you, you know, grow within that within that area yeah you, you mentioned books so do you have any recommendations of sort of recent books that you've read that you're like that was that was pretty kick-ass standout book for anybody who is into strategy is marty newmeyer's book zag so mm-hmm. fantastic brand strategist and strategist number one but he's written this book in a way that he tells the story of why brand strategy is important by telling you a story so he sets this um problem up of a company that's going under they're a travel company And they need to try and work out how they are going to turn this ship around. And everybody comes at it with different angles. And he's talking to the leaders of this company and organization. But the whole problem is that no one's really thinking with strategy. And he, he, by telling telling this narrative, and there's like this one main person, and he's kind of being mentored by somebody, it shows you the importance of strategy without telling you why it's important. And at the end, he does actually include um, his frameworks and some of the, the workshops that he talks to people through. Really cool. I even think it's online to download for free. The whole book? Yeah. And even Marty's been like, I can't stop it. So, um, yeah. There you go. That's the best insider tip that our podcast is probably ever going to have. Go and check out Marty Neumeyer's free book online, Zag. It's one of my favorites. We, we'll might, we might get a letter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it, I think we mentioned that book probably the most out of, of sort of any, any publication on this podcast. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a stellar book. So it's not actually him endorsing it for free no exactly. he wasn't on, on a podcast and he's like it's out there so right what, can I, what can I do about it look you know what also I think though if you think something is valuable absolutely and value just pay for it yeah. so it's not that much yeah we yeah. got we got it laying around somewhere yeah great yeah de- definitely definitely check it out um so a secret talent that that you know no one else knows about which I always think is a funny funny question it is a funny question a secret talent I didn't know about was that I could write but I've kind of that's not I didn't know secret. that either no, you didn't know. <laughs> I can write copy, sorry. Yeah. I can fumble my way with a pencil and pen sometimes. And, and is that something you want to, you know, keep keep pushing and like do you have any sort of aspirations of where that could could take you or just sort of roll with the punches? Definitely. I think it's going to be more and more of my day-to-day, even like I don't know what sort, but it's absolutely a skill that I'll keep working on because I think communicating ideas, I used to communicate ideas through visuals. Now I get to communicate ideas through words and trying to make those as succinct and engaging as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you describe your job to a five-year-old? I talk to people about their problems and try to solve them. Yeah. I okay. think that that sums it up. Which a five-year-old would probably understand because they seem to have more problems than anyone. Yes, exactly. And I try. To, the key part of that is I try to solve them. So my job is about listening and yeah. about asking the right questions to clarify, but then I try to solve them is probably not 
if I was talking to an adult, it's like then we try to solve them together because it's very collaborative the way that I like to work. Yeah, it's been it's been said to us that you know your strategy workshops are quite therapeutic, um, where people can just sit there and just you know talk about all their problems, talk about all the the thoughts they've had about the the business, and you know you do a really good job of of pulling that out of people. Yeah, must have a really trusting presence. They they tend to tell us a lot. Yeah, it's um yeah, yeah it's quite confronting at some sometimes. Oh, we've had, and I think it's amazing. No, and it, it is a lot that the people who come to these workshops and the people who do divulge the most information and even get very emotional. I actually think it comes from their side as well, being probably quite open and willing. And they are the clients who are going to get the most results with their rebrand because a they're showing up open and willing to share the history. And that gives us so much insight into how, you know, who, what type of a business and what type of a leader they are. And they're also really open to sharing what the future vision is for us. And once we have that information um, and knowing who they are, we can really create something that's quite genuine, feels like them. It, it connects with their employees as well, which is really important. And, and again, once you share that to an outside world, it's so genuine. Yeah. And it's, you know, generally those people are, you know, there's backed by passion. Exactly. Well. Yeah. So what's, you know, advice that you'd give someone to, to you know, get into the industry and, and get to a position where they're, you know, considered a, a brand strategist? It's an interesting one. You can take a couple of paths. So I think that even brand strategists that we might be looking for as an intern level could actually come from, they might be designers who are interested in wanting to, you know, leap that, make that leap or transition from design and creative on the tools in a visual way to maybe more articulating story and solving problems verbally. But it also can be people who have studied communications, mm-hmm. business, um, any any kind of walk of life. But the main things that I would hone in on is probably writing is really important, mm-hmm. listening and being able to ask good questions and also thinking, I guess, with the business kind of sense. It's not just about wanting to create things that are beautiful or moving, inspiring. It's about like what does understanding what does a business owner need or what does a business leader, marketing manager need to get out of a relationship and how can you help improve that fantastic um so how do you balance you know work and 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 life you know young family things things are changing you know how do you how do you balance you know we have quite a quite a crazy schedule especially just being you know founders and then obviously you know still on the tools yeah so how, how do you do it yes yeah, so i think this is probably a nice opportunity to make a bit of an announcement mm-hmm. um so if you saw our story a few weeks ago shared on instagram i had a quite a defined belly <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm actually 20 ish weeks pregnant, um, with my second kid mm-hmm. about to come due in October, as Sh- you know, should I act surprised? No, <laughs> I'm waiting for an example. <laughs> this is for the purpose of the people listening. So that means, um, you know, going back to that identity, what I was talking about, yes, I'm a brand strategist. That's what people clients will. That's mm-hmm. how I help my our clients. I'm also a business owner. I'm trying to grow Like it's essentially a startup. Like we started working together 18 months ago. And since then the business model has been completely sort of flipped on its head mm-hmm. and, and what we're offering and who we're talking to. So yeah, co-founder in a startup or co-owner in a startup and a mum to a three-year-old Max, um, partner to my partner, Ryan. And we're also introducing another kid into the mix in October. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's but it's it's really good fun. Um, my thing is I only work a seven day fortnight, mm-hmm. so other people for the non numbers people in the house, you'd usually will be if you're full time would be working a ten day fortnight. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a three extra days I, at my bank. I feel sorry sleep. for the person that was like, well, "What is that?" Yeah, yeah. That would have been me. It was for the sake of future me. So that one thing that's really important to me, you know, in those young years I touched about, I was like a bit of a workaholic. It was all mm. about that. 
um, just becoming a mum and being at like that age where I'm a bit older and also having my own business as well alongside with you. And we spoke about this culture and also life balance and happiness are really important. Like why would we do this? It's not easy if you can't, you know, create those to be what you want. So part of that is working part time, but I also just internally have prioritized that being the best mum is the most important thing that I can do right now because that's um, for Max's future and this next child's future and, you know, our family, that's what I really want to solidify. Mm. And, you know, second to that, it's like building the work because it's it's not – it's very hard to rank them, but I just know that in priority, like family is first, work doesn't really matter. It can be sorted out the next day, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so, you know, work is really important because I, you know, it's part of my identity and I want to, you know, be proving to myself that I'm, you know, doing, following my passions and dreams and what I'm interested in, but also work funds our family. So they're mm. all very connected. So yeah. I kind of, but I do really make the decision that it's, it's family first. And I hope that for anyone that joins our team and for, for yourself, even if you don't have family, I think you should come first. Yep. We're all people like we just, we live, we should not work to live. It should be living to, you know, work if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And um, then I just build my schedule around that. Like I think unfortunately being pregnant, I have let sort of exercise go down, but up until sort of like earlier in the year, I was quite routine about going, getting to the gym at least three times a week and also being very active and outdoors, just having a kid. Um, that's something that I want to bring back into my, you know, routine now while I've, cause the first three months of being pregnant aren't really fun for some mm. people. That was for me. And I think it's just about just kind of keeping a level head and being like, what's those priorities for me? Like it, it's family, it's being the master of your own destiny, it's creating an environment that I want to work in and that other people want to work in and can do their best work in. Yeah. Super exciting times ahead for, yeah, for, for you and your, and your family. And, um, yeah, so happy that, you know, the good studio can be can be a part of that and um yeah i think we're we're really building a culture where you know we're, we're supporting you know everyone who's a who's a part of that that business um yeah because yeah like you said we're we're here for the families and you know work can work can wait till tomorrow if it if it has to because yeah like you're probably saying with your son as i'm saying with mine of um you know they're only going to be two for, for you know for a little while um where you know that project will We'll be there tomorrow morning. Yeah, you can always come back to it. It doesn't matter. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic about us working together. We both do have young families. Mm-hmm. And it probably, that just is a common, not every business has to have a young family for it to work, but it is something that I really value is that we both have a similar life experience that we're going through in stage of life that we can bring that in. Yeah, definitely. So if you could you know, turn back time and you could talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell you know, 18-year-old Suji? back yourself so I actually have no problem that I was a bit of a uh, just fumbled around kind of um, doing different courses but I have no problem that I was um, you know just just took my time finding what I wanted to do and you know that I wasn't necessarily pushing myself academically because it didn't none of those things really felt like I guess I had found my true passion purpose alignment Mm -hmm. whatever it was so that's fine because at the same time that I wasn't being very academic I was having a wonderful time like I was having fun but I think that if I had a bit more confidence to back myself, like I was actually probably real, I was really shy when I was, especially going into my first jobs, I was really quiet. It's probably not necessarily who I actually am, mm. but backing yourself um, potentially would have just had a bit more confidence and fun. Yeah. And I think that all comes back to, to life experiences, right? Like, yeah, you could look back and be like, no, nah, like I wish I did this, this and this, but yeah, you would have missed out on, you know, so many things that make you unique and make you good at your, your job and 
make you a, a good mother. So yeah, definitely, definitely an no interesting. No regrets. Yeah. Yep. Um, so if you weren't a, a strategist and you weren't able to work within the design industry, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I would work for. I have absolutely no idea. I actually haven't felt like I've wanted to work for anybody for a very long time. It's pretty much since I so did my agency job that for a while, freelance for a couple of years and then moved back to the coast. Oh, it's getting on to five years ago now. And I was very adamant at that time. I was like, I think I'm ready to just fully work for myself. So in five years, I have not given it a thought about working for somebody else. So it's really hard to answer that question. Mm-hmm. I think the only place that I could see myself working is potentially going back to that large international based company. Just to that get wasn't the question. Variety. So you can't work within the industry, but it could be any industry. So just an in, I might not. I might work in finance. Oh, okay. I would never work in finance because I can't count. <laughs> uh, I can't do basic maths. But um, I, I, it was a changing industry. So like, say there was another role I could do. And the the other thing that does interest me a lot is people and culture. But mm-hmm. again, that's probably not answering your question because culture is very interrelated to brand in my mind. Yeah, for sure. But polar opposites. I think that the main thing out of that to take is that if I like, I passionately want to work for myself. But if I was had like you know, I was forced to go. No, that is not happening to you today. I would probably look for something completely opposite to what I do. Um, so you know, today we're a team of two. Uh, we're probably going to keep that number quite small. Mm-hmm. We've never thrown numbers around, but imagine that's like under 10 mm-hmm. in the long term, I'd go, well, all right, let's go and work for the complete opposite of that and just try something new. Cool. Tenth and final question. Uh, why is being boring bad for business? So the first reason that comes to mind and in no particular order is that being boring is bad for business because you need to keep your employees engaged. If you don't have a purpose or a reason, those employees are just going to turn up and see this as a job that they just transact in. Mm-hmm. That's terrible for business straight away. The other thing is um, in today's, and it's like happened so quickly, we have to be in so many places marketing ourselves as a business owner. We have all the traditional jobs that you have to keep running as a business owner. There are thousands and thousands and thousands upon messages messages around. You need to cut through that noise. You need to be genuine, but you also need to tell that in an engaging way to actually be noticed, be remembered, and then I guess outlast everybody. Fantastic. Well, that wraps us up um, for for the 10 hot seat questions with Suji Ford. Yeah, thank you for your time and really looking forward to to next week where we can, you know, jump into another topic that isn't, isn't just about you and me.